Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Wow. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, Welcome to the Dr. Pat show. Uh, You know... I have to tell all of you that listen to the show and those of you that were listening today uh, during uh, the couple hours that I do a daytime show uh, each day, you heard me talk about a number of different things. Benny and I were chatting about uh, how long we've been doing this work together, and I, I call it work, but it's really radio. Um, for me, it was a calling, a life purpose, and actually today we talked quite a bit about that. Um, but at the time, I didn't know it was my life's purpose. I didn't have a sense that this would be, first of all, anything that I could even do, let alone do halfway decently, having grown up as a kid that stuttered quite a bit. And we were kind of chatting about the series of events and how we connect with so many people, and how the timing of this in my life was so perfect. Today's show, in particular, is very, very dear and special to me. Uh, because, you know, I've been on, let's just call it a healing journey, and I'm always struck by the synchronicity or the divine plan that spirit has outside of what we think we have for ourselves. Tonight, I'm so honored and thrilled to introduce you, if you have not heard from or of Alea Dow, you're going to hear about her tonight. I'm, I'm going to make sure that all of you know how to find her website, how to sign up for her amazing meditations that you can receive each day. Because for me, the experience of getting to know her beyond what I'm about to share with you from her bio is this energetic pulse is the only way I can describe the connection that you begin to have from listening to her meditations, from listening to the amazing sound, um, the tones, the language that comes from her through her. And the reason I'm sharing this with all of you before we actually chat here in a minute is because I think all of us get to look at our lives and decide in a moment's notice what we're going to do. And sometimes we have the tools to move ahead. Sometimes we have the tools to heal. And sometimes we don't. And Benny and I, And Seth, of course, you know, I think I've been doing this show here on BBS Radio for just as long. Um, You know, we were chatting about what we've learned. And I asked him a question. I said, Benny, you know, do you 
are, do you understand what your life purpose is? And he says, yeah, I do. And I thought to myself, here's this guy, 30 years old or so. And I thought of myself at 30 years old and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, what was I doing with my life? So we were talking about this idea of tools and tonight, tonight's show is about tools for finding passion, purpose and service with this amazing sound healer energy practitioner, doctor of oriental medicine, and spiritual guide. And I will tell you right up front, there isn't anything that I'm going to be able to say to all of you out there that's even going to come close to her gift that you will get to experience when you go to her website, when you sign up for the meditations, when you listen to some of the beautiful, beautiful music. I mean, tonight I'm going to be able to introduce you into the body of her work that is absolutely incredible. But let me introduce you to this amazingly gifted person that has not only helped me heal myself, my body, but has done it in a way that I can't even explain to you. Alea, thank you for joining um, me tonight. Um, and I'm so thrilled to finally be able to chat with you. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. And this is a first. I'm in tears. <laughs> Thank you. That is the warmest intro I've ever had. So I'm touched. Well, I will tell you that you and I, and let's start at this particular point because you and I shared something and then Seth just uh, Skyped me and let me know that I've been on BBS since uh, May 17th of 2006. Um, you you know, I I was apologizing to you um, for missing the, and I think it was two times that I had to reschedule uh, the show with you, and Mm -hmm. and and it was it was really kind of embarrassing for me because I don't really miss shows. I mean, you could ask Seth, you know, or anybody here. I don't usually miss them, but for whatever reason. In preparing for the interview with you, I listened to a lot of your meditations. And I actually, my body did something kind of awkward. And yet, at the same time, very healing. And I wanted to start out with that conversation. You know, to become a sound healer, to do what you do, to have such an impact on so many people, it must have many, 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 many ways that people talk with you about what the experience is. And I wanted to ask you, what is the experience of your personal gift to the world that you want to share with our listeners tonight? I'm going to start from that place of when I do what I do, when I bring in what I call tones, sound healing, energetic protocols, which is kind of like a prayer. I'm doing it on myself. I'm doing it for myself. And we create a resonance field. It's actually called the law of resonance. When you're exposed to a higher vibration, you naturally move to that higher vibration. Any vibration that you're holding in your body that is discordant will literally start to shake apart and fall away as you move into that more more coherent field. So when I bring in the sound healing, when I bring in my meditations, when I bring in those energetic protocols, I'm doing it on myself and modeling that to whomever is listening. And then each person that's listening, in their own unique way, they start to shift their own energy fields. 
So I'm sending information to people, what I call the higher self. It's that energetic aspect of us. And never at any point in time am I doing anything to people. It's literally inviting people to tap into their own healing current and bring in their own solutions. So if you were listening to some of the meditations and pieces mm-hmm. started to literally kind of fall off and fall away and limitations releasing, it was simply because I was bringing in protocols for my own self, sharing it with the world, with those people that listen, with you, and then you started doing that for yourself in your own unique way. And, you know, I love that you described it like that because I really didn't have a way to talk about this. And, you know, I talked to Linda a little bit uh, about it, and I couldn't really describe it because I didn't really understand it. But I was, I was, you know, just listening before the show tonight. And actually, Heather and I were in here. <clears throat> And we were, we were doing some other things recording and we were, we were playing some of your meditations. We actually played, uh, you know, the tracks from the CD, uh, Awaken. Mm-hmm. And we found ourselves at an amazingly relaxed place. Beautiful. It was. And I don't usually find myself at that place before I do a show. And so, I wanted to delve into this idea of sound healing, but not an idea, this, this amazing gift of sound healing, and how people might use what you have so beautifully brought to us to actually find their passion, find their purpose. Um, when everybody is a sound healer, we are sound healers when we talk, when we sing, when we hum when we tone, and when we realize that each one of us is a sound healer and our bodies are sound healing machines and health is a sound and emotion is a sound, it's all a vibration. And when we make a sound, we have the capacity to shift the vibration of the cells, shift the consciousness. And so if, if somebody is looking for something in their life, clarity, their passion, greater financial success, a solution in a relationship or a challenge, I invite you to actually let yourself find it simply with a tone. And so I think about people's passion more at a vibrational level, not as what it looks like in the physical dimension. And there's Mm -hmm. this really great kind of analogy of if you didn't have a human body, what would your soul love to do? Some people say, I'd just love to be in laughter, or some people say, I'd just love to be in the vibration of dance, or song, or flowers, or scents, or colors. And so the very first step in finding one's soul's passion, direction, focus, um, journey that supports our greatest happiness is first to allow for the vibration of the soul's passion to start to activate and amplify. And you can do that by simply humming, by toning, by being in the shower, by driving your car. Do it when you're not going to be witnessed by another because we can kind of get a little bit self-conscious when we're not naturally used to toning. And it just might be like, well, what does it sound like? What does my passion sound like? What does that vibration feel like? And we all have these energy fields that surround us. And I use the word higher self. The higher self kind of, I think of it as like the hard drive. And our mind is like this computer screen. 
And when we allow ourselves to start accessing our hard drive, we do our double-click on the hard drive, i.e. your higher self, and we ask the higher self to work with the energetic fields to activate the vibration of our soul's passion. We start to hold that resonance field, and then it starts to percolate into the mind, and the mind starts to get all these ideas of, well, maybe I should go get some plants and start gardening. And three months later, you have a landscaping business. Who knew? So it's sort of like allowing yourself to be in the journey of being pulsed by a vibration that you're holding within you and around you. You know, it's so interesting that you say that because I, I'm I'm really struck by, um, and let's talk about how, how you began your journey to become a sound healer because I know for me that the minute I got behind a microphone and, and, and it was really by accident, uh, and, you know, not really, but I'm saying, uh, <laughs> there was a, there was, there was a sound of my own voice. And, you know, there was this sound, this thing that happened that I haven't been able to explain. But people ask me, why do I love doing what I do so much? And, it's not that I like to hear myself talk because I get to hear you speak, but there are so many voices that I get in front of every day with beautiful, beautiful messages. And I, and I, and I hadn't thought about it until you just talked about that. Yeah, it feels to me like um, well, what you're saying and what I'm feeling just being a guest on your show is that maybe perhaps your passion is creating a container for this resonance field of information. Yes, yes. And, like, to hold a container in a safe, sacred space for someone as they share their information is, like, exquisite. Mm. And it's the first step in healing. We have to have a safe and sacred space for healing to happen. If we're in a war zone, if we're in a toxic environment, if we are in a toxic relationship, healing is really hard to um, get it going. So the first step is to find, create, be in a safe and sacred space. You know, I love uh, being able to talk with you about this because, you know, there are so many things that are, are happening right now in our world, of course. And, you know, in this country in particular, people have gone through an extraordinary time um, over the past decade or so. Um, and yet at the same time, the listeners that I get to connect with are hungrier more now than ever to really tap into what it is they are here to do. How did you discover that about yourself? And when did you discover it? I had, um, I've always been in the healing realm. You know, even since the age of six, I was um, laying on of hands and working on people's necks and backs and shoulders. And then when I was in boarding school, people would come to me as well and just say, you know, sort of talk to me about their problems or say, hey, can you work on my foot or my ankle? And I would just lay on of hands and this healing current would pass through me. But And then I became a massage therapist when I was in college because I decided I didn't want to be a waitress when I graduated from college. I thought, God, I don't want to wait tables. I can't even remember anything. You know, I had, um, I'm ADD and dyslexic, so <laughs> never, never an asset, you know, for me or uh, really pleasurable. So I ended up going to massage school. I became a massage therapist on um, my junior year in college, so I double majored. And then after about eight months of being in private practice, after graduating from college, I decided, mm, massage, really wonderful, but I need more. And then I ended up going to acupuncture school and becoming a doctor of oriental medicine. 
and started an acupuncture practice. And then in 2001, so five years into, four years into my practice, my private practice as, as an acupuncturist, I had an enlightenment experience when I was lying on a sound table where my entire consciousness, all of my memories, my personality, my belief systems, my awareness of other dimensions shifted in 30 seconds. And it took me then three years to integrate that 30-second flash of enlightenment that never left me. It kind of it stayed with me. My awareness stayed with me. Some people have enlightenment experiences. And I wouldn't say that I became enlightened because I think enlightenment is a process. There's 33,000 steps to the journey. And so it was kind of more like I did five steps in one or ten steps in one. And um, after that experience, I was so energetically sensitive to other people, feeling other people's feelings, hearing their thoughts, uh, feeling their karma, literally walking around in someone else's life and processing their karma for them. And I can tell you that's not fun. And over those three years of after that 2001 Enlightenment experience, I developed energetic tools that would help me navigate the world and also help me work with my clients in a different way. So my private practice very slowly transformed and I started moving away from using needles for acupuncture and herbs. I still use herbs a little bit with people, um, but more working with their energetic fields, their consciousness that they're carrying, looking at what it is they're really intending on mastering, and then bringing in these solutions. And I kind of think of it as every challenge we have in our life is there for a reason. It's almost like a tool that we're using to help us learn something. But what would happen if we used a more efficient, happy, joyous, tool that felt better than fear. Instead of using fear to create safety, what would happen if we just located the safety deep in the core? So I bring in these energetic protocols, always working with the higher self and the energetic fields. And so that's kind of how I got to where I am now, the short preview of that. Well, you know, it is a journey. And as a matter of fact, we have someone joining us. One of our fabulous, fabulous listeners has a question um, calling in from Canada. I would love to bring them on. Let's just see. Hi there. Welcome to the show. I understand you have a question for us tonight. Oh, I see. She doesn't want to come on, but she has the question. Here, I've got the question. Uh, the question is, um, how, how do you create a sacred space in a toxic environment. Now, this is a really great question. It because, is. Uh, you know what, I think a lot of times we don't even know we're in a toxic environment, so that's kind of, you know, part of the, that's part of the puzzle as well, isn't it? I mean, I worked in corporate America for 25 years, and I didn't get that it was toxic until, until the end. I just knew that it wasn't exactly feeling too good. So mm-hmm. how do you create that space in a toxic environment? Or, um, you know, do we have to leave the environment? Yeah, I, I don't think we need to be a victim to our environment, so thinking uh-huh. that the environment has the control over us, but that we can sort of choose to be more of a coherent field because chaos and toxicity is actually a very weak vibration. There's no order to it. Coherence, mm-hmm. safe, sacred space, is a very orderly, strong, functional vibration. So to be in a toxic environment, the toxic environment is the weakest. The coherence is the strongest. And I think that um, you bring up a really huge, critical, important piece that I probably was going to forget, and that is, number one, how to recognize that we're in a toxic environment. Right. And 
My sense is to use the body. The body is an amazing indicator of what's going on for us. Our emotions are also really great indicators. Our mind are also really great indicators of what it is we're experiencing energetically and physically. So if the body is in a constant state of stress, your body's kind of tight, tense, having a hard time falling asleep, lots of tossing and turning, grinding of the jaw, um, headaches, anxiety, depression, overeating, drinking to soothe and medicate, um, the adrenal fatigue, lack of motivation, all of those, I'm not saying that if you have those, you're in a toxic environment, but those can be indicators of a toxic environment. When somebody comes around, does your stomach start to churn? Does right. your heart start to beat? So start being aware of what happens when you put yourself in different situations. How do you react to it? And then we get to ask the question, why are you reacting to somebody else's energy in that way? Instead of modeling a different energy, of finding your safety in your core. The very um, Well, the second step for creating a safe space is, number one, realize that you're in a toxic space. Number two is to decide that you're going to shift the energy only within you. You can't do it in the room. You can't do it on someone else because now we're in a codependent relationship when we try to change someone else. So we have to have complete and total attachment to just changing our own inner energy. And I'm going to get kind of detailed here. We, we, every single one of us that's in a human body that's listening to this radio show, including dogs and cats, have a divine line. It's this tube of light that flows on the front of the spine. So if you took your fingers and you put them two inches from your breastbone in, you'd hit your spine, or three inches in, depending on how big or small somebody is. And on the front of the spine, in the body, there is literally this energetic tube of light. No, it doesn't show up on an x-ray machine. But it's this tube of light, and in Chinese medicine, they call it the Hara line. In, in yoga, they call it the Shushumna. And in that line of light is a liquid. It's like this etheric liquid that carries your essence. That is the only place you ever will find safety, purity, connection, love, joy. We never find it outside of ourselves. So if you just, the very first step in creating a safe and sacred space is to first find where that safe and sacred space, that beautiful place of connection, is already in you. So there you go. You don't have to go searching. It's already there. The only variable is, are you perceiving it? Will you allow yourself to look inside, right in front of the spine, to this tube of light, and sense, see, imagine, invite your higher self, your energetic fields, to bring your awareness to that divine line where safety already exists. And then as you start to feel that safety, you also have a body that you're riding in, and I call it the body deva. It's like a nature spirit. It has its own unique consciousness. You're not your body. And then we invite the body deva to feel its safety and its divine line that flows through the spine. We have an energy consciousness. I call them our team, our guides. And we invite them to find their safety in their own divine lines. And as those three energies, us as a soul, our body, and our team, hold that vibration of safety in our own self, complete and total attachment to that safety, that love, that connection, that peace, that stillness, we create a coherent field and we then model that to the environment that we're in, to other people that we're in. We're not attached to what they're doing, which is incredibly powerful because we are literally sending out a different radio frequency channel. 
that is very loud and beautiful. And so that peace that you were talking about that you started to feel when you were listening to the music on the Awaken yeah. CD, yeah. Um, it was just that coherent of feel that I had to move myself into this place of of such peace that I was literally on the verge of tears. And that's where I, that's where I am when I sing. Mm. You know, I, I'm really struck by, um, you know, the conversation today because I think we do forget. Um, Alea, I think we do forget. And one of the things that I was really struck by and always fascinated with um, was uh, the story of Viktor Frankl. And, you know, imagine being this Viktor Frankl. And for those of you that don't know who Viktor Frankl is, let me just tell you, go on Google and uh, Google Victor, V-I-K-T-O-R, Frankel, F-R-A-N-K-L. And the reason that I brought that up is because I was trying to think to myself, you know, how can we do this? How is this possible? And then I was struck by this, this, this guy that I read about years ago when I was studying psychology, this Holocaust survivor that was able to transcend the physical environment of the camp that he was in by doing exactly what you said, maybe in a different way, but being able to rise above the toxicity and a vibration. I can't even imagine what the vibration in um, in a concentration camp is. I, I just can't, you see? Well, if, if, I mean, we're going to take that because it's an extreme component. When people are at a certain level of their evolution, they do the opposite of that which they're intending on mastering. Till they reach a certain point in their evolution and they begin to practice that which they intend to master. And my sense is that Victor was actually doing exactly that. Instead of being in the opposite of imprisonment, he found freedom inside himself. So it's Holocaust, death, imprisonment, no freedom. What's the opposite of, of that? Valuing life, being in a place of freedom, finding that in the core, and then we start creating that in the outer world. So it's actually a really beautiful and amazing way to look at what is happening in the world and all of the tragedy and devastation. Yes. Every soul on the planet that is not respecting the planet is attempting to learn how to respect their own essence. That is beautiful. Mm. Now they're engaged currently in the opposite of that. Mm. I mean, isn't this a a fascinating journey? I remember, you know, reading uh, a bit uh, about you, and and I I, I can't remember exactly where I found this, but I remember you talking about life, talking uh, life is a bit like, like a mountain. And I was fascinated by that idea because, you know, I thought, wow, let me think about my life about that for a minute. And I just thought, yeah, sometimes we're, you know, we're climbing up to the top and other times we're in the valleys and other times, you know what, we just slipped a little bit and got a little cut, a little scrape. But the thing you talk about, and I would love for you to talk about how we can do this, you know, today, how people can do this, is by some of the tools that you're presenting, how, how can people use the tools that we're talking about, use the tones, use what is available to us to strengthen us so that we can learn to grow, even if we do stumble and fall a bit? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Beautiful question. And um, 
I'm going to bring in the answer, but more in a like a process. And so, okay. if any of you want to write this down, you can. Um, we are on a mountain, and right now, in this very moment, October twelfth, two thousand eleven, we are in. We are at a crossroads. So this mountain has one path that goes to the left and a path that goes to the right. The path to the right is the path of love. It's of connection. It's practicing that which we intend to master instead of doing the opposite. It's the path where we're no longer using struggle as the mechanism to learn, grow, and evolve. It's no longer using the tool of illness and aging as the mechanism to evolve. It's about walking the path of becoming more dimensionally aware of how we express ourselves in all of these different realms. And every single person on the planet has the opportunity to choose the left path or the right path. And I kind of like just feel right, you know, I kind of like veer right when I feel into that literal divergence. And it's the Mayan calendar as well. We're coming to the end of the cycle. Callahan talks about that he's been doing a bunch of research in mathematical equations and has figured that actually the end of the Mayan calendar is October 28, 2011. That's like wow. soon. <laughs> yeah. And it's over. And I actually see this whole other dimensional reality opening up for people that want to journey on that path of the heart. And then for those people that want to still use fear and greed and lack as the mechanism and the tool for growth and evolution, that's fine. But they go on a different path. So for all of you who want to use love as the mechanism for growing and evolving and being more in a coherent and balanced field and being personally responsible for your own growth and evolution and responsible for loving just your essence, letting your body do the same, um, I invite you to start perceiving and making the choices. And my sense is that most of your listeners for the last 10 years have been making those choices to help them on that path of, of of love and moving in that direction. When I bring in my tools of what I use for myself, for the people that I work with, the first formula, it's like the formula of a, of a full, complete, powerful prayer, which I also call it an energetic protocol. Step one is to acknowledge that we have a higher self. The higher self has the capacity to work with the energetic fields. So we would ask our higher selves, to work with our energetic fields, our body Davis higher self, our team's higher self to work with the energetic fields, to energetically locate the path that has the capacity to support our greatest happiness, our greatest service, our greatest health, abundance, joy. And you're allowing that energetic aspect of you. It's like you with the eagle eyes. It's not your mini-me mind. To energetically locate that path, those grids, that frequency, that sound, that tone, and to link into that path and to bring all of your awareness, your anchors, your intention onto that frequency, that journey. So I'm kind of like a mountain guide showing up in your life and saying, hey, we're at a crossroads. Do you want to go through the nice little love valley or would you like to continue scrambling up the scree field? Mm. I will tell you that... um I I have, for the most part, um, this is a new experience for me. Let me just say that. You know, <laughs> this is a this is a new experience for me. It really is. I mean, I, I 
first of all, I relate to tone quite a bit. And, you know, I was talking to my best friend, Linda, who's actually a producer. And I said, you know, Linda, it's kind of interesting that I'm so drawn uh, to Alea's work and the sounds. And I said, it's kind of new for me. And she said, she's from New Jersey, right? So she says, no, it's not. And I said, well, what do you mean, no, it's not? She said, you've always related to music. You know, she said, you don't, you can't really sing very well, so that's not what I'm talking about. She said, but you've always been able to plug into music. And yet at the same time, there is a level of this that cannot be explained by the rational mind. And that's what I would like you to talk about when we come back from break. The daily meditations that you do, and, you know, some of the seven gateways we've talked about a little bit, but the daily meditations and how absolutely amazing they are to create these ships. And so when we come back, I would love to talk about the energy fields and what your work is about, but more importantly, how people listening to this show can really tap in the way that I've been able to tap in, not really have to understand or explain it, but just know you feel a whole heck of a lot better. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Alea Dow. We're going to give you lots of information. The daily meditations I'm talking about, you can sign up and subscribe for them. We'll tell you lots more right here on the Dr. Pat Show. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. your best friend could take a peek into the future. Psychic, author, and cosmic coach Dougal Fraser is that friend. He's the queer guy with a third eye. From gossip to gurus, meditation to martinis, The Dougal Fraser Show is a call-in advice show that provides insights and information on creating your best life. Every Tuesday at 10, he'll take calls and talk about love, money, sex, pop culture, and give free advice. No topic is off limits. It's The Dougal Fraser Show. Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate, dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine, and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Transforming the world one listener at a time. 
Imagine you had a way to protect yourself from cancer, depression, disease, and dispel the nastiest bugs that attempt to hide undetected. Take a moment to wonder, how does that feel? How powerful? Did you know that enough golden sunlight produces vitamin D in your body to protect itself against disease? Producing enough vitamin D can kill cancer, even help with weight loss. This amazing little vitamin is actually not a vitamin at all, but a powerhouse of protection that can activate your body's innate healing ability, but only if you have enough in your blood to shine the light. Tune in to award-winning author Dr. Lucinda Messer as she shares how you can harness the power of sunlight to create a healthy body and mind. Her book, Powerful Medicine, Vitamin D, Shedding Light on a Worldwide Health Crisis, is like having a vitamin D expert on hand to answer all your health questions. For more information, visit PowerfulD.com. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. You know, very special guest, Alea Dow, joining me here today. And we're talking about tones, talking about sounds. But I think the best thing, Alea, that we could do, perhaps, is to have the listeners experience this. So we're ready to play Awaken. Do you want to say a little bit about it before we do, or...? Yeah, I, was, I actually recorded this in 2007 with a guy named Barry Goldstein, and I went to New York, and I'd never met him before, and I showed up at his music studio, and I sang my heart out for two days. And then he took it, and it took him probably 150 hours of um, editing this amazing CD. Let's play some of this. Uh, Seth, if you would. It's time to awaken. Into your car. This is what I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's I. I know you must hear this all the time, 
but it does something to the body and to um, to our own vibrations. I mean, we just played a little bit of Awaken. I mean, can you imagine in Heather and I playing a couple of hours of this before the show tonight? Um, <laughs> Altered state. It is an altered state. Actually, I was I was thinking to myself, okay, come on, get focused here. You got to do the show. Um, but let's talk about this in terms of how this translates into you know tools for our listeners, what they can what they can do to do the kinds of things we just talked about, change their lives, you know, move towards happiness, move towards health, move towards abundance. There's that, so that language, you know, that I was singing in that song, mm-hmm. um, some of it was English and some of it was light language. And as children, we all speak light language, but we forget it. Now, adults yeah. call that babble talk. But I invite each one of your listeners to actually start listening to the light language that each soul speaks. So every soul has their own unique dialect. And when we allow ourselves to start tuning into and remembering who we really are, where we're really from, remembering our own unique language, we start to get information in an incredibly powerful way. I use light language and I talk to my guides when I get startled. It's my first language. And um, I never forgot it. And so my sense is that somewhere deep inside of us, we all have our own unique light language. And it might be humming. It might be babble talk that doesn't make any sense to the mind. But it actually unplugs the mind and we get into what I call the higher mind. So that's one tool that people can use. The second tool is to realize that you have a higher self. It's an energetic aspect of you that exists in another dimension, kind of like the hard drive. You have energy fields that surround you. Those energy fields have the capacity to shift the vibration that surrounds you, to shift your emotions, your belief systems, your behaviors. And I think of the energy fields kind of like the mouse on a computer. So we take our mouse, our energetic field, we work with our hard drive, and we ask the hard drive, the higher self, to work with the energetic fields to locate all of our reference points that we have put outside of ourselves for finding direction for locating ourselves, for finding clarity. And we want to bring all of those little chips, all those reference points for clarity, direction, and flow off of the outer world, off of everyone and everything, and back into the divine line of you, your body, Deva, and your team. And then we bring in a tone, and we invite you to tone along as this energetic shift occurs. And so that's a protocol. Everybody can do their very own protocol. And the components is higher self, work with energetic fields to locate dot, 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 to bring it back to the divine line. And then we start locating it internally, feeling it internally. It reflects into the energetic fields, and we get a clarity of we know where to go. This incredibly pivotal time that we're in over the next couple weeks, actually the next couple months, has this feeling of being lost. And it's because for so long we've taken our reference points for locating ourselves, finding our direction, we've put it outside of ourselves on being productive, on money, on job, relationships. And it's time to start locating ourselves internally and finding our direction vertically, internally, and then we have the direction and the clarity as we move forward in our lives. 
You know, there is a question that has come in, um, and before we get to the question, I would love for you to let everyone know um, your website information, and there's lots there for them. You know, there's a free week of daily meditations. Tell everybody about that and the best way for them to sign up for that. Thanks. The website is alea, A-L-E-Y-A, D A O and that's D as in dog, A as in apple, O as in Oscar. dot com, and I do invite everybody to sign up for a free week of daily meditations. It's only ten dollars a month, but I give you a free week just to sample it and see if it resonates for you. And I bring in short five to seven minute energetic protocols with toning meditations. They're kind of like meditations, but they're more like a little healing session, balancing session. And again, never at any point in time do I do anything to you. I'm just sending you energetic information and you're bringing it down to yourself in your own unique way. And if you don't have time to listen, I actually send the meditations at an energetic level to your higher self when you're dreaming, in dream time. So you don't even have to listen to get the energetic balancing. And I just kept feeling over the last couple of years, people need more support about what's going on and how to maintain energetic balance. And if we're energetically balanced, we have the capacity to be emotionally balanced, physically balanced, mentally balanced. And so there's, they come five days a week, just during the week weekday, and um, they get delivered right to your email box. Check your junk folder. But sign up for a free week and get more support. You know, it's interesting because I, I, I of course, signed up and... Um, and I, I received my first meditation and I shared it with, uh, you know, some of the folks in the office. And we got it. We have a very interesting question for you. And I thought to myself, um, when I think of daily meditations, I, I think about them before I go to bed. And one of my folks said to me, I think about them in the morning. And I wanted to ask you about that because, you, you know, there are, are some folks that have a routine in terms of what they do. What is the effect of listening to a meditation before one goes to bed? Um, I think that it's going to be unique for each individual, but okay. uh, I think that it's, it's actually the same. It's just the timing that's different, and so to listen when the timing feels right. And I've actually had people that subscribe for three or four months and after those three or four months, they email me and they're like, I'm not listening, but it's weird when I check it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've already done that. And I, and I, that's why I send all subscribers, people that are getting free weeks, in dream time. So, and sometimes, like, even a day before, I can start feeling the energy and I'm sending the, that energetic information to people at the level of their higher selves. And so they'll start tuning into it and bringing it in in their own unique way. If there's a piece that's really something that someone's really struggling with, um, like tomorrow I'm bringing in a meditation for releasing the fear of being attacked and how to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And if that's been a historical component for someone, they can work with it and listen to it right before they go to bed so that all night long some part of them is working with those layers and shifting and clearing. So it can be kind of like medicine. You get to decide when you take it and when it's going to have the, the longest effect. So I think before bed is pretty amazing, but at the same time, if you listen to it at the beginning of the day, it's this little conscious reminder of staying in the energy as you move. 
You know, there uh, there are uh, so many things that I, I just, I can't believe the hours just zooming by. I wanted to ask you about moving forward and the and, and, the, and this, this language of energy. What's kind of interesting is how mainstream the term, term energy has gotten, right? Somebody said we should be thanking Dr. Oz because he talked about energy and energy medicine on his show. Um, but this idea of energy seems to be... How should I say? Being uh, infused into our, our pop culture right now. And I wanted to ask you about the power that each of us might have in creating the ripple effect around energy to change the world. Yeah, the, there's um, some research done by the Maharishi organization and the Maharishi effect where they say, if one person holds a vibration of balance and love and stillness inside themselves, they affect 10,000 people. Energetically, when I tune into it, the veils, the energy is so thin right now that actually one person holding a coherent field, from my perspective, affects 100,000 people. That's wow. a lot of people. Wow. So we are going through what some people call the Armageddon, the actual definition of Armageddon is the dissolving of the veils. We are living on a planet that has multiple dimensions. There are energetic veils like curtains that separate each dimension. And these veils are getting thinner and thinner, which means we're starting to feel the consciousness that are, hold, that are being held in these other dimensions and realities. So it can be kind of overwhelming if you don't have discernment of, oh, that's somebody on the seventh floor. I'm just hearing them through the thin walls, through the thin floor. And that's why it's so important to hold the awareness in one's own divine mind. And when we talk about energy and Dr. Oz, well, what about Luke Skywalker and the Force? Right. What about Chinese medicine that's been going on for 6,000 years and talking about chi and uh, the source field? And so my sense is that it's starting to become more in mass consciousness instead of the 10%, which is all about this awakening process. And for any of you that know about the 2012 and the Mayan energy and this apocalyptic vibration, I don't see it as a fearful, horrible, devastating scenario. I actually think of it as the planet is moving into more light and the destruction and the chaos and the anger and the greed is actually coming to the surface to be healed, to be shifted, because we can only shift that which we're conscious of. So I don't see mass destruction. I think that people that go into the fear that mass destruction is going to happen is you actually need to go back and heal your old wounds from Atlantis and Lemuria. So, you know, it's like we'll use these upcoming events to heal old wounds when the vibration that we're moving into is all about moving into a greater perception of connection and the entire planet's doing it. And the question is, do we want to do it with her? And, you know, let's talk about that because isn't it interesting? I, I made a comment about two and a half years ago on radio, and I said, you know, uh, I, I, especially really when we were talking about the real, uh, let's say, critical point of the, the stock market crashes, and I said, you know, someday people are going to start marching and protesting on Wall Street. <laughs> and and so, you know, now this is me, you know, a 1960s kid, right? And And so... Isn't this, in fact, these Occupy Wall Street um, initiatives that are happening, isn't this, in fact, what you're talking about? I mean, we're not throwing bombs. I mean, people are standing up with a voice. Uh-huh. 
And how would you describe, you know, that particular initiative? And honestly, this is not the first. This has been going on all over the world. Right. We, we're just getting in the game now, though. Right. My sense is that these protests that are happening are people realizing that they have a choice and they have a voice and they get to use their choice and use their voice. Whereas in the past, people have kind of sat on the sidelines and gone, well, I don't even have a choice and what's the point? They went into that hopelessness energy, that powerlessness energy. So with this awakening, we're actually literally getting pushed into our divine lines, into these tubes of light, and we're feeling the power that flows there. We're feeling the freedom that flows there. And from that, there is choice. There is voice. And so, again, I think of it more as a process of awakening, and people are using that as the mechanism to find their voice, to find their inner power. You know, I wanted to ask you about a snapshot uh, towards the future and what your invitation would be to people that are standing at whatever crossroad they're standing at, whatever part of the mountain, let's say, uh, one might be at, whether you're, you're, you're climbing up one side or sliding down the other, whatever that is. You know, what, what would be your invitation for folks? Step one, first become aware of do you have your hands on other people's boots trying to move them up the trail? Or do you have your hands and your energy and your awareness on your own feet? What are you doing with your energy? Are you attached to everybody else's journey? Or can you completely and totally attach to how you are going to walk this path, what path you're going to choose? Let other people choose their path, but you get to model a different energy, a more coherent energy, love inside yourself. It gets overwhelming when we start to get attached and feel responsible for other people's journeys. Now, that doesn't mean you don't make your five-year-old peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But when your five-year-old gets angry and upset, don't take responsibility for their emotions. Hold safe, sacred space for them to be upset and use their upset for their own growth and evolution. When you're upset, don't make it everybody else's fault that they made you upset. Take personal responsibility for you and your emotions. So the first step is take personal responsibility for your own growth and evolution, your own journey, your own shoes, your own legs, your own body, no one else's. And when you do that, you actually step into a place of empowerment. You're no longer on the victim path. And you then have access to all of your own inner spiritual power, wisdom and mastery. So that's that's step one. And then step two is sign up for the daily cups of consciousness meditations because they're their guides, their support, it's like your little Gatorade um, when you need a break on your marathon run. Wow. I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, I, I mean, I can't tell you how important it is, the work that you're doing, and I just am so grateful that you have said yes to uh, your purpose and your passion. I want to thank you for joining me here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. It has been a true honor and a, and a joy. Thank you. And one more time, let's give out your website. And then what I would love to do is I would like to end the show um, by playing uh, another track, if we could, uh, from your CD. Beautiful. It's Alea, A-L-E-Y-A-D-A-O.com. And going to the website, it's like swimming in the ocean. 
Wow. Thank you so much. And I want to encourage all of you, check it out, go to the website, take a look at uh, the subscription that I was uh, signing, what I signed up for, and um, also please take a look at some of the videos on YouTube and uh, find out how you might be able to experience this incredible gift that Alea has in person. Alea, thank you so much. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on. I want to thank Seth for doing what he does so amazingly well. And I want to thank all of you out there that are at a place in your life where you know that you're being called to have that vibration of joy, happiness, abundance, and all that the heart desires. Let's take this journey together, everyone. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. 